Yes, how are you? Good, Trent. How are you, buddy? Welcome to the Deep Dive, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. This is episode 40 after yesterday's escapades. Big 4-0. Apologies for the escapades. We, well, you think I was going to get to 40 this early? We've got to 40. I actually was thinking earlier in the year we're going to get to 100, but that, that might be a bit of a stretch in one season, but we'll, we'll try. We'll try. We'll try. So heading into round 17, massive round. We, we've got a lot to go through, so I think we better get straight into straight the into games. It. What do you yeah, think? absolutely. Let's keep doing it. So first game. So this is the last of the Thursday games. So we've got the Crows and the Cats. So massive crunch game now. I mean, we're in a position now where, look, Adelaide, uh, look, they are a chance, but... Mathematically a chance. They have been very inconsistent for the best part of the last six weeks. Cats had a very good win against Sydney. You would expect that they will continue that form especially with the likely inclusion of Menzel. Well, once you start saying mathematical, it, it starts to become <laughs> become a problem. And when you're relying on other people to, to lose and percentage and so many other issues that come yeah. with it, it, it does start to become an issue. And, so. I, and I know most of our listeners are fully aware of what mathematical means, but just in case there's some <laughs> new listeners, it means that the amount of wins that you generally need to make the finals, which is about 13. This year's going to be 13, I think almost certainly. That's yeah. what they're talking about. It doesn't take into calculation any other games. It's just like, okay, if they win all of the remaining games, that'll get them to about 13 wins, and then they can make it. But that would mean everyone above them basically losing, which the probabilities are not likely for that to happen. So they're mathematically there, but theory, nobody's yeah. giving them any chance to make finals. So basically, we've only got a little over a handful of games to go. And, yeah. and with the, the fixture that... And look, with all the health that Adelaide have I'm going to be tipping Geelong in this game I, I just think Geelong have got so much to play for and have some serious ins that I think are going to make a massive difference I agree so Menzel's been running for the last two weeks so it looks like he's a serious chance as you pointed out before yeah and he's indicated that he doesn't feel any pain that was a, the issue initially when he started coming back into running that he was still feeling a bit of pain but yeah. apparently the last two three weeks has felt no no pain whatsoever so good problem to have for the coaching staff. Another gun, small forward to run right in the forward line for him. Yeah, and it just gives them another target. I think a couple of issues they've had throughout the year is just those lack of offensive targets at times and just pace through the forward 50. And now that he's over that issue, I think that's going to free up your knuckles and people to, to assist in other areas. Yeah, absolutely. And if you can remember back to the first month of this year, he was he was what was keeping them alive. He was the, the avenue to goal because yeah. Hawkins was down and he, he was just, Late, early yeah, on. Yeah, very late. So he had, what, 15 goals in the first three games or something to that effect? So he was very good. Well, we went to Easter Monday together and we saw him dominate that day. Like, he was he was in the top three to four people on the ground that yeah, day. Yeah, he almost won it for uh, for the Cats on that day. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so we've got 11th versus 7th. Cats sitting just inside the 8th at 7th. Crows sitting at 11th, as I said. So they've actually only won one out of the last five. So their recent form is, is not looking great. Cats have won three out of their last five. But, so, uh, you know, a couple more. But some of the, the matches the Cats have had, I think, have been pretty difficult. Yeah, absolutely. That tough game against the Tigers. Obviously, Crows too, they've both played the Tigs. But, gee, there's been some tough games. Geelong travelled as well. Geelong just showed more consistency. And I think they've got much more to play for. If they lose this, they could be out of the eight yeah. come the end of the round. Yes, Adelaide need to keep winning to potentially play finals. But I think Cats have got a lot more 
Ex-Gag. Yeah, and I think I've been really impressed the last few weeks with Geelong's diversity as well, and just adding more pieces in there is going to increase that. You know, they've been able to roll people through different sections of the ground. They've been zoning off really well. That defensive wall last week was back. You know, Stewart was a lot better. Defensively, they were they were far better. They held Sydney to a much lower score to what they did to the Dogs the prior week. Exactly. So, and I, as I said, we've said a couple of times now in different uh, episodes over the last couple of weeks, uh, Scotty's starting to really understand what is the best mix of that midfield and where to move them if they need a break. There's been a lot of talk about Gary Ablett. Get off him. He'll turn it around once again. He's had quiet weeks for Gary Ablett standards. He hasn't had quiet weeks on anyone else's standards. So. Yeah, I think the theory is at the start of the year that you know Ablett has to be on ball and dominating and be this incredible animal in order for Geelong to win was really mad talk. I, I just don't think that was that made any mm. sense. They're, they're really using Ablett as that chain player to, to really carry from the, the centre square out and he's he's not the freak that he was. He's 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 you know nearly mid thirties now. Like it's he's in a position where the reality is that if they can use him as that chain player, that's that's fine. I don't yeah. think actually think that's a bad thing. And he he, he was good late against the dogs. He you know he he was quite effective. Got that goal and he and that assist as well. So. Exactly right. And obviously the Geelong um, coaching panel have got a plan in place. Yeah. And he's obviously doing the role that he needs to do and doesn't need to rack up thirty oppositions and kick multiple goals. He just does his bit. Yes, he might not tackle, but he's never been a tackler. So don't well, bring it up now. He didn't do it when he was twenty two. He's not going to do it when he's thirty two. So that, well, yeah, that's the thing. And, it's yeah. So let's let's move into ins and outs. So in terms of Geelong, you know Ryan Abbott. There's there's a few different people that are on the fringe, but the the key and clearly is is Menzel. Yeah, if he gets up, absolutely. Yeah, well, it sounds like he's almost certain to play. You know, Jordan Murdoch wasn't as effective. Maybe they switch him out. You know, there's there's a few different elements to it. Yeah, Lockie Henderson's still not in it. They would just love to have him, wouldn't they? Absolutely. That that would bring such steel to that back line and height, height to that back well. line as yeah. well. Yeah. And then on the flip side, you've got the potential inclusion of Eddie Betts at Adelaide, which will obviously make them a lot more potent. Yeah. However, I just think yeah, Geelong have just got too much to play for. They've got... Uh the momentum going with them and they're just playing better footy. Yeah. Bit of talk that Harry Taylor's a little bit sore as well. So there, there is a couple of reported aspects out of it. But So we're recording this on Tuesday night. But look, at this stage, I would say Menzel definitely comes in. Um, I, I, yeah, they've got enough to play for there. That he's If, they, if he's even, you know, 80%, I think it's got to happen. Plays, yeah, plays half a game just yeah. to see where he's at for match fitness. Especially against the speed that is AFL now, yeah. yeah. So in terms of Adelaide, another big in on their side as well. It looks like Eddie Betts is a a serious chance to play? Yeah, I'm, I'm not that convinced. That you think he won't? I uh, look, it's a it's a good ploy just to for a technical re- tactical reason. Yeah, but we've seen time and time again, not just from Adelaide, but lots of teams. I say, Paul oh, Geelong on Geelong. Yeah, yeah. so I'll, I'll be surprised if he does play. But if he does, I think it gives him a much better chance of getting on top of the Cats because he just is a freak. Yeah. So look, it's so hard to know with Adelaide to talk ins and outs because there is so many injuries first and there's a lot of unknowns so Talia obviously with the foot there's a lot of the people that reported from last week that is, they're not coming in they've got Rolly Knight they've got a couple of people on, on the edges that, that could sneak in but it, I don't think it's going to be enough I, I, I think Geelong for me by 15-20 points yeah I think that three goals as well yeah so whether on, on that night too looks like there could be some showers that night as well so that's potentially going to keep it into the Cats' yeah. favour as well they yeah, play with the football really well yeah but I've seen a lot of Adelaide games with potential showers 
showers and none of them have showers have been yeah. dry. We have seen that yeah. a couple of times this year, haven't <laughs> so, they? It's been interesting. They, they predict showers and there's like five minutes of showers at the start. It's just Rusciuto talking it up on yeah. Triple M to get people to yeah, I don't think the studs. Weather, I don't think the weather will impact <laughs> no. the game either way because Geelong play good dry weather football and wet weather yeah. football. So, yeah, I, I just can't see the Crows getting up for this. No, yeah, you'd think they're done. And, and as we said, it's still the mathematical, but yeah, I, don't, I just don't see it happening. So, 7.20 Adelaide Oval and sadly the last of the Thursdays because I, I love it every week pretty much. Yeah, that's it. That's the last Thursday night game. So, everyone get to the ground or watch it on TV. Make it a good one. Yeah, send a message. So, let's keep moving. But yeah, we're both tipping the Cats in that both one. Both for the Cats, yeah. And then straight into Saturday? Yeah, so we'll skip Friday because this is uh, shocking that this is another game on a Friday night. So we've got St Kilda versus Carton, 15th versus 18th. So Blues have lost 100 in a row. The Saints have got a little bit of form. Two out of the last five lost, lost their last one. Jeez, so 15th versus 18th, not the prettiest side. The ratings will be interesting. Yeah, the, the, well, nobody... St Kilda supporters will probably go to this game because it might be the only win they see for the rest of the year. Yeah. I'm tipping Saints and I'm tipping them to win by about eight goals. So something we... I know up... they can't kick eight goals, but no. I'm still tipping them to well, win by that many. They might kick enough points to be able well, to beat Carlton. Points, exactly, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we saw last week, Brisbane, there's been all the talk that they're the best, you know, bottom side that there's been for the last few years. And I would probably tend to agree. But they're a bottom side, so... And they smashed Carlton by yeah. 10 goals. So I think that, that's the that's the really most damning thing is there were two clear bottom sides and one of them won by 10 goals and it just shows the sort of position that Carlton are in. Massive disparity so yeah and St Kilda have been showing glimpses for the last month of the potential that that, that is there in that list yeah so you would think that they'll just push Carlton aside and, and win quite comfortably I think I'm being a bit over the top with about eight goals. I think they should win by about five or six. Yeah, <laughs> look, they need to... I mean, yeah, well, let, let's go through the teams. So we'll start with St Kilda. I mean, the Saints, obviously, better form. They beat the coast. They've been better. They were competitive through sections of that Port Adelaide game. Uh, look, for me, they, they, they're just, they've got enough. They're surely going to get this done. This would be shocking if they were to lose this game. The, the Blues have just been so poor all year and they're just massively struggling. So uh, they don't have anything that's going to make any difference, I, I don't think... The, for me, play the kids, and we've been saying this for weeks, I think, put Harry McKay in. It was shocking they didn't play him against Brisbane. Yeah, for me, especially under the roof, you know, it's obviously not going to yeah. matter from a weather perspective. So Yeah, excluding round one where Carlton miraculously got up. Yeah. Um, it's been two years since Carlton got near the, the Saints. The Saints have been pretty handy over the last couple of years against the Blues. So Yeah. And it doesn't matter. I mean, Carlton have got no one to bring in anyway. They'll... Any of their senior good players... Well, they can play some kids. They'll play some kids, which doesn't help their cause for winning the game, but at least it'll give them an idea of where they're going to be next year because you would think it'd be another year of offloading that uh, Salad Dweller team. Yeah, so it sounds like Kate Simpson will be back, which it just showed last week just how bad the Blues can be without probably their best player. Like, that was the thing. Like, I think I didn't hear much commentary around that. Like, all the talk was how horrible Carlton are. Like, he's such a good player, and you pull him out, and I... If anyone, somebody with a fetish or something, had thought, I, I wonder how much of a massacre could this turn into if we pulled Kate Simpson out of Carlton and you, there's isn't your it, demonstration isn't it of what it looks like. That he stayed there for 300 plus games. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's unreal. So, so, and then Mark Murphy as well. So, yeah, uh, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, look, Kaz Bolt, 
it's it's a fascinating scenario. You've made the point for some time. He's not the future, and can't be. No, and and McKay's the, the clear, not if you want a successful one. not if you want a successful future anyway. Well, not look not by the way he's playing. So yeah, yeah. From a medical perspective, you've obviously got Weidering and Marchbank. You think he's not going to play with that raised eye, um, raised eyebrow, raised heartbeat? No, you would think they would monitor that. F- and not get him out in the park for the rest of the year now. Well, it'd become like the uh, old mate at St Kilda, yeah. speaking of. So, the Saints... So, Nathan Freeman sounds like he's a bit of a chance, but this is sort of... I remember last time I mentioned it, you were like, who? Uh, yeah, he's, he was an old mate from Carlton... That's uh, not Carlton, sorry. Collingwood. Collingwood, yeah. No, I knew you were too. I was being funny. <laughs> Being facetious. But I would say they need to just stick with the park, the team on the park and just see if that what they've got going at the moment can just gel and, and get some momentum moving into next year. I know yeah. that sounds funny, but it has happened for a lot of teams that have struggled and then they string three, four, five games towards the end of the year and all of a sudden that gives the confidence to the players for the following year. So I expect that's what we might see for St Kilda for the rest of the year. And I, um, I think they should just leave the team as is, unless there's a push to change because of injury. The other thing, so Carlisle, so a chance to come back, but oh, he's a punctured back. lung, and you'd think prob- probably he's, not. He's yeah. not a German Brereton. No, he's so. he's definitely not a <laughs> Brereton, that's for sure. No. So, I mean, obviously, you bring back your star fullback because he's been their best player all year, mm. if he's fit, but other than that, I think, let him let it ride. Yeah, old mate Snapchat, probably keep him on the bench. McCartan, yeah, he's got the foot strain as well, not ideal, so... Neither team's in an amazing position. It's a bit hard to get remotely positive. It's really but, sad yeah. for McCartan. I mean, does he just look at these signs and go, maybe I'm not meant to be playing football because the, the injury guys just keep whacking me somewhere. Yeah, he's he has been struggling, hasn't he? I mean, Meanwhile, his brother, who was less teatro, okay. seems to be pretty good, yeah. So, let's guess Sydney, St Kilda. Mm. Might have a lot to do with it. I No, I'm, I'm going to tip the Saints. I'm going to back them in. I haven't tipped St Kilda really yet. I think I've only tipped them I think we both once. said we're never going to tip St Kilda after about round five or six. I think I've legitimate, and then they've obviously only. But had then Catton have just been even yeah. worse. They have been worse. So, and you'd expect some sort of response from Carlton, surely, especially with Simpson coming back. You would. Think. Oh, you, you would not expect them to be playing as woeful as they did last. If they weekend. get belted off the pitch here, that would be surely. Yeah. Then that starts to escalate the scenario around Bolton and and the yeah yeah well. and many other people. <laughs> Yeah, you would think so. We'll keep so, moving because it's, it's not it is, worth talking too much more into. No, and I don't think any of the ins and outs are going to have any serious thing. It's not like you know Eddie Betts in or out. That obviously has a, a you know an impact on the game. I don't think there's going to be anything too major. No, I don't think Kudafidi, Silvani, uh, Jada coming back for Carl. Pro- probably not. No. So we'll keep moving into the Saturday games: Hawthorne versus the Lions, eighth versus sixteenth. So the Hawks in some good form. They've won four out of their last five, and the Lions in some good form as well. Won their last two. They have, and obviously everyone. Remembers the big upset in the Gabba, uh, the Gabba number, a, number of weeks ago, where Brisbane won quite convincingly against Hawthorne. I think down at the Cauldron that is Launceston. Yeah, much colder, which is um, where this is. Which is so. where this is. Is I think the tables we turned. I don't think by the same margin. No, and I think Hawthorne again. It's that time of the year they're sitting in eighth spot. They got a lot more riding on this game than Brisbane, and as we've seen through the last few 
New Year's. A young team that has a big win almost always struggles to back that up the following well, game. Well, this happened with Brisbane, literally. Yeah, yeah. so... That's my concern, obviously, then coming from sunny 24 degrees Brisbane down to Freezing. about 4 degrees Launceston. That'll also have an impact. So yeah, the one... weather will will have a play. And yeah. Hawthorne have played that many games there. They know the conditions really, really they well. Play they play the wind the down really there well. really well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's obviously the big thing for Hawthorne is McAvoy being out. And he's been reported it's going to be at least six weeks before he comes back in. Yeah, wow. So Stefan Martin, obviously, will That's probably... That's the, the cheekbone, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, you've got to compress or a fractured cheekbone so obviously not going to be uh, pushing that on luckily we've got a backup in Segler unfortunately the backup backup um, Pitney uh, also injured his ankle in the VFL on the same weekend on the weekend so we're going to go in with one Ruckman which suggests someone like uh, Tim O'Brien might come in just to help uh, relieve around the ground so it'll be interesting Stephen Martin should probably be rubbing his hand with delight that he doesn't have to go up against McAvoy mm. but I think it's around the ground where the Hawks will get the job done yeah yeah, so your man John O'Rook, do you think he's going to stay in? Well, it was funny we did forgot to. Well, we didn't know. We didn't know. Yeah, it was no. a it was a late in with. Um, I think Conor Glass got uh, the flu or something. He, tonsillitis is what is what it was. So he had to pull out really late. And um, the two ins, John so, O'Rook yeah. and Miles. That's right, T that's Miles. Right. Yeah. They actually were both very serviceable. So it'd be very unlucky if they got dropped. <laughs> Um, unless it was for a, an A grade, if Grant Birchall was coming back, and he's probably not. No, I think that's still. He's yeah. a chance. To, he's definitely. Cyril, I think going to come back this year. And Cyril's retired, so he's definitely not coming back. Speaking of Cyril retiring, we didn't get a chance to talk about that in the review. Do we want to talk a little bit about how you're missing your old man Sizzler? Oh, look, it's disappointing for lots of reasons. Eh? He brings so much to AFL. He was ready to return from injury to Hawthorne. But yeah. he's always said number one priority in his life is family. And yeah. with the illness of his dad and um, there's lots of other things going on in his family life that he just wants to be a part of. He wants to go back and play for St. Mary's where his dad is a renowned footballer, won 12 flags for the club. Yeah. Um, he's got cousins and stuff like that. He just wants to go back and just be part of uh, that family community that um, they hold really, really tightly. So yeah, it's disappointing in one regard at the same time you've got to respect it he's going out on his own terms which you hope that yeah. any any great footballer gets that opportunity he's not that forced out so. no and you and not to sort of buy a ticket to you but you did you called this weeks ago. You said weeks and weeks ago that he was he was a big, massive chance not to play. Yeah, that second time he went up, when they mid-year leave, like five weeks ago, whenever it was, yeah, I think the writing was on the wall. Mm. I think most Hawthorne supporters who watch um, Cyril closely mm. when he's on away from the game and know that that's what he's about. So, yeah. And that's why Clarko wasn't that surprised. That's why the players weren't that surprised because they were very open about it yeah. behind closed doors and you could just see it. So, yeah, disappointing for AFL more than anything else because he, he brought a lot of people to the ground yeah. whether, whether you supported Hawthorne or not he was such a, a, a freak talent he could change a game without actually having the ball in his hands yeah. uh, that's a rare uh, commodity to have and obviously it's been talked about so many times how much uh, deliciousness he brought to the ground <laughs> 28 years old I mean a lot of, well, nearly 29 but yeah he still had some more delicious in him, I would, I would have thought. He did, he did. But luckily um, for the AFL fans, there's a couple other little delicious riolis running around. One well, at Richmond and one at uh, West Coast. And we'll talk about them. We will. For, well, a we lot, did, I reckon, for the next 
few weeks. Yeah, they're gonna absolutely. Be, they're going to light it up. No, no. I thought it was worth you know having a bit of a yeah, discussion. Absolutely. He retired the day after we recorded last week's preview, so we didn't yeah. have time to mention it. But so but big loss. But he, you know, credit to him, goes out on top, does a beyond Borg. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> goes out at the top, top and of, see you later. Yeah, and basically the only thing he didn't get was a Brownlow. But he doesn't rack up enough possessions to no. get a Brownlow. He got a Norm Smith. And doesn't play mid the whole time as yeah, well. Anyway, four time yeah. Premiership, uh, three time All Australian, yeah. goal of the year. Probably should have had a mark of the year in there somewhere. He's done it all. Well, uh, little superstar. He's going to be sorely missed. But it gives that opportunity to someone else at Hawthorne now. And it also gives opportunity to the, the dollar cavities that Hawthorne Oh, yeah, no, it does. And I know they don't want to talk about it, obviously. No. They've lost a superstar, but yep. But he's not cap. dead. So Celery that's the cap. only thing I would yeah, say. Um, yep. Some of the mourning going on the next day was as though he'd, he'd, he'd passed, but he, he's still no, alive. He's still alive. He's he's okay. And his dad's still alive. Too. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so all was good that way, but yeah. Back yeah. to the game. But yeah, it was worth, worth sort of, you know, just chatting about because there was a few people tweeting at us what did um poor poor old mate Smith dog think about his uh his old old uh, old mate Sizzler so yeah disappointing I, I think I'm gonna be sadder when Buddy retires though and speaking of him I mean that that combo when they played together was um just devastating to watch like it was just unbelievable yeah it was uh, if you're old enough to remember it was like uh, Magic and Kareem yeah the it, Lakers in the eighties or or Kawhi and LeBron if they can make it happen so. oh, yeah, exactly right. Let's let's keep moving. So yeah, White Cross, uh, yeah. So that's the thing. White Cross, Lovell, Mira. There's a few that are sort of sitting at, from a box hill perspective that, that might be yeah. It'll on the be door. very interesting because we're making a push for the finals. Uh, do they bring White Cross in? He's had a lot of experience. He knows how to do the small things in tight games. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's he comes in for this game, especially if it's going to be cold, wet, and miserable down in Lonnie. Yeah, at the expense of. Probably Jono Rook or another tall. Jono Rook, I think, and, and Tim Miles, because they're both fast, I think that could just help uh, expose the young Brisbane side a little bit rather than bringing in a more seasoned, slower player like a Langford. Because a Lang- he could come back. I know he's good in those conditions. But yeah, it'd be interesting. I, I think the bigger concern is around... Uh, how they manage Segler and getting someone else to back Segler up. Yeah, I mean, we, we were really positive on, on Brisbane in the review. They you know, Their overlap run was a lot better. Everything was better. All, all the key indicators, everything was just better. They, yep. they Structurally, everything was just significantly better. So I, I, I think this, there will be some level of a challenge. Oh, absolutely. I think the ground, home ground advantage is more than anything. If this was the MCG, I'd definitely give Brisbane a yep. lot bigger chance. It's just it's such a disparity in conditions yeah. from Brisbane to, to Launceston. But no Harris Andrews, no Charlie. You know, there's there's so many aspects to and this. And if it is windy, does Hipwood's kicking yeah. go back to the way it used to be where he wasn't as accurate as he has been over the last Good few Good point, because he kicked a bag, but yeah. does, he, does he kick another bag at his age? Probably yeah. not. They've so. got two things going for them. Obviously, when they play Hawthorne, Hodge and yeah. Fagan, they know the ground extremely well, so yeah. they'll obviously... Gonna and he be, was a late last week. Yeah, yeah and they're going to be... Tell, drilling into the players exactly how this ground plays and what to look for during the game. So yeah. there will be a tight tussle, I think, Hawthorne by about 2025. Cool. All right. Let's. I agree. I reckon Hawthorne as well. So let's keep moving. MCG Melbourne versus the Doggies. So interesting game at 4.35. Look, I I mean, look, the, the obvious thing is Melbourne. So it's 6 versus 14th. Melbourne starting to get a bit back on the track. Lost three in a row, but they got on the board last week, which was a game they absolutely had to win. Doggies have been competitive. Only one actually won out of their last five. One of their losses was a, a miracle win against Geelong. Geelong. Had Barry Taylor yeah. kicked that goal. We're having a very different conversation right now. Dogs technically are out of 
mathematical yeah, chance. No, yeah, yeah, they're done. They, so even if they win every game, yeah. So yeah. they'd have to win every single game and then the ladder would really have to shift around in order for it to be 12 wins and, and that's not going to happen. And their percentage is that low. They would yeah. have to win by 40, 50 points week in, week out and we've seen that they don't know how to play second no. half. So, so given, given Beveridge's... He's shown in the past that he's happy to flip things around, mm. that he's happy to switch positions, that he's happy to do a lot of different things. I would not be at all surprised if he brought a lot of kids in and just thought, let's let's just get some games into these guys in the back end of the year. Yeah, absolutely. And it'll be interesting to see if he... I mean, Roughhead, you can tell both him and the club are parting ways at the end of the year. So you, he it does look like the game. But Mitch Wallace and Dalhouse are the more interesting ones because they're actually both been playing some really, really good football and do the doggies just continue with them and then let it be whatever it comes out if they go they go they get at least they give given it they're all to help the doggies uh, play some good football or do, are they playing to keep their spot in the dogs who knows yeah. so Dalhouse I'd be shocked if he doesn't end up at Geelong he's from the area and it sounds like it's almost done deal yeah so I'd, I'd you know, you, you, you hear that if, a lot. I'll be surprised if both of them don't go. It does then give the doggies a bit more flexibility as well yeah. to go to go to the draft and, and source other players. Well, they got good kids. I mean, good Engli- kids. English looks good before he got injured. Yeah, uh, Jackie's starting yeah. to look like he, he fits into AFL. And Ed, Ed Richards, yeah. like he looks like a star. And it's not. A, I mean, they are very good players. Don't get me wrong, but losing them, they've got that many mosquito fleet type players yeah. that are a bit younger mm-hmm. in that twenty to twenty three bracket. So yeah, if they can get something for them, then they'll definitely look at it this is going to be a one-way street though in the second i think we see a, a similar game to what happened to the doggies last week against Hawthorne. yeah it'll be tight and close for the first half and then melbourne will just break them apart well so that's the thing i mean d uh, so, well <laughs> look, let's look at it from two angles so you know the dogs all year have been competitive for half a game generally speaking they've only really had a handful of games that they've been competitive for three quarters yeah let then, alone four and then one or two where they've been competitive for all four and there's a step well, there's a stack of games we're, we're pointing this out in the review where they've only scored just over 50 points and Melbourne's scoring capacity is insane yep. so some of the numbers last week you know they got record amount of tackles inside 50 they had a ridic- they had 37 scoring shots yeah. and the amount of inside 50s they could easily have converted a lot better so they're going to get really, really pounded. And also Melbourne, you know, they really need to stay in touch with the eight. If they lose this one, it really starts to put a lot of jeopardy. And I, I, I just don't say it. I just think it's way too important having one last week. Obviously, they travelled up to Darwin. It's a fair distance, but they'll be fine. They'll be fine, yeah. Mm. absolutely. The warm weather probably helped recovery as well. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, Fremantle were witches hats. So it wasn't a big tussle. It wasn't tough. There wasn't Not physical, at, physical all, no. at all. So, yeah, you'd think that the time up in the sun, a uh, bit of perspiring, give them a bit of a detox. They'll be fine. They'll come back and probably bout the living hell out of the doggies, unfortunately. Yeah, no, prob- probably. So D's, D's for both of us. In terms of ins and outs, there's a couple little aspects to this. So, uh, there were, you know, luckily Lewis avoided a, a suspension again. So another another serious yeah, fine. Yeah, unbelievable. He's still doing stuff that he did as a, a young recruit at Hawthorne. It's just unnecessary. He was what brought does, in for leadership and yeah. he nearly got suspended and again. what is the point of elbowing someone who's walking past while you're on the mark? It doesn't serve a purpose. I know he gets frustrated and whatnot, but, I mean, playing in a pretty good team, you shouldn't have much to get frustrated about. So, yeah. And it could... It could jeopardize his place in that team come finals interestingly so the whole lever issue that the the demons have not obviously having him for the year 
there's this whole scenario now of can they play, speaking of Lewis, can they play him and Vince simultaneously in the one game? I, I think they're going to bring Ver, Bernie, Vincey, Bernie, 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 Bernie. Bernie, Bernie. No, old mate. Weekend of Bernie's. Weekend of Bernie's. I'll bring a, bring him in. I'll prop him up with a stick. A stick and just, and just walk him around. Sit him at full back just to try to... And just uh, see if someone goes to him. It could work at a couple of the could. dogs' players. No. Yeah, it work for a game. It against the Gold Coast. Well, probably would beat the Gold Coast. <laughs> That's true. It certainly would beat Carlton. But no, yeah. uh, I think he's probably... Probably going to get recalled. I think they both fit, but yeah. they don't both fit in the back line. Well, they don't both fit in the same role. No, that was where it was like clearly they don't fit. No, like and Bernie Vince is much better at a tagging or shutdown, so he can play a shutdown role in the forward half. Yeah, if they're playing, uh, say, a team that's got some really good run off their halfback, like in Essen, he could go to a, someone like a Devin Smith yeah. and seriously shut Devin Smith's yeah. capabilities down, and then have old mate Lewis mm. punching people in the back line. <laughs> Well, I've been not getting <laughs> suspended. Yeah. So, Gala, yeah, look, there's a, there's a few on the edge. Speaking of punching people, Tom Bug looks like he could be out for a recall as well. So, yeah. Get all uh, the angry players into that. Might team. get a few nutters in. and But no, they'll win this game. Yeah, dogs, there's a few that could return before the end of the year, but uh, very unlikely. But I think you're right. I think Bevo starts to introduce some really young players and start to have a feel about where they can position themselves yeah. over the next year or two and go from there. I think. He knows that this is a game that they're not likely to win, but it's a game where they can start working out tactics for the next year. The only thing with the dogs from an in-and-out perspective is Jack McRae, they're saying he's a chance. Obviously, he's been outstanding this year. Had the dogs won, you know, probably 10, 12 games, and he was consi- you know, kept playing, all just had to do what he was doing, he would have been a live Brownlow chance. Oh, absolutely, he would have been. But obviously, that's not going to happen now. But do they bring him in and... Prote- I mean, he's only just come back off the hamstring. You, you want him ripe and ready for next year. Maybe he waits another week. So that's really the only other kind of major thing when it comes to the dogs. But it's again, it's not going to be... I don't think it's going to be a game-changing They've got... The next thing, few so. weeks up against really quality top eight teams. Yeah. I wouldn't be risking you until round 20 where they come up against the Saints and that's just a... I think the same. Like, obviously, we're not internal, but, I, 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 yeah, looking at it, that that's probably going to be the case. So, let's keep moving. So, we're both tipping the Ds in yeah, that one. quite comfortably, too. Comfortably. Let's go into the next one. So, we've got the Gold Coast Suns versus Essendon. So, 17th versus 12th. Suns have lost their last 10 in a row, so not very good. Essendon playing, starting to play top eight football. They nearly beat the Pies. They've won three out of their last five. And they've been competitive for yeah, a while now. Yeah, I think it's five out of the last seven or something. Yeah, five they've been really good. Eight. So they've been very competitive. You cannot see the Gold Coast getting close to no. that. I think at quarter time, that's the closest margin. And it'll just blow out from there. The Dons, if it's dry and clear conditions up on the Gold Coast, it'll suit the Dons to a T. They'll just have a day out. And obviously, Saad knows how well to play that ground. Yeah, so obviously up at Metricon, it won't be cold, but I don't think that's going to make any difference. And they're lucky Gold Coast to have May playing because, again, another hit. And he got fined as well. But, geez, they were really lucky not to yeah. not to have him out for the week. But I don't think still, I don't think that's going to make a difference. Obviously, no Lynch, no chance. I think yeah. get a lot of respect. Absolutely. And if the, the players at Essendon deep, deep inside them believe that they've still got an opportunity to play finals, this is the game that they need to win by about 100 points to really get some percentage. Because they're sitting at 94%. So even if they continue to win, the likelihood of getting into the top eight 
rests on that percentage and they're so far behind Hawthorne at the moment that it's going to be tough. So I know I wouldn't be surprised if they win by 100 points, to be honest. Yeah, I think it could be a 70 to 80 point win. So the interesting thing is, do they risk Fantasia? I mean, they're, they're playing with fire, really. They are sort of like Sydney at the back end of last year where they lost so many games early. Yep. They're putting on this run for the finals and they still technically can make it. They're going to have to be really careful with their ins and outs because they need their weapons at, at times and Fantasia was that laid out last week do they bring him in that will be interesting and then the other one too is Darcy Parrish was massive Imagine in the VFL yeah. so whether they bring him in too so they've got some they've got some selection dilemmas which Absolutely. is good and they didn't and they lost Ambrose yep. to a hammy so yep. he's gone for a while funnily enough though I was told we were going to hear something about Joe Danaher on the Saturday nothing Sunday nothing so yeah. we still don't know where Joe Danaher is at yeah. I'm suggesting that he's osteitis pubis is worse than first thought and yeah. he is staying in bed for the rest of the year well that's been there's been a rumor going around that there's like he's no chance to play this year yeah. and also he probably needs to get uh, other parts of his game right I won't go into it because I don't want to demonize him and I don't know anything. It's just having watched him play, I think it's more than just osteitis pubis. Yeah, well, his technique, I think, this yeah, is... and I think he just goes behind closed doors, gets away from the game, gets freshed up and comes back a better man and a better player for them next year when they have a real tilt. The other thing that doesn't help Essendon either, so last week, Jake Stringer only kicked the one point, which obviously isn't great, but he's out for four yeah, weeks. Yeah, he did a calf injury, is calf, that right? Yeah. yeah, so calf out for four weeks, which obviously is an idea. Yeah, look, I think the thing for me is, I don't, even though I was against a, a quality opposition, we'd be having a very different conversation, but against the coast, no. No, you wouldn't think so. So, no. yeah, interesting uh, time of the year for Essendon supporters because you don't really know what's happening. Yeah. Whether they're, and obviously with the injuries, it, uh, it just sort of brings the, the Suns into the game a little bit. Not enough, but yeah. No. <laughs> it's the weeks after that that are going to be testing them now with those injuries. Essendon really need percentage so if they are a real live chance to to try to sneak into the eight they need a massive win here and maybe maybe this is it yeah but maybe so they, they, i think they're i think for me Essendon, i think are going to just miss out i think there's too many teams around there and hawthorne have got such a good run home i think that's one of their big you know problems but then also the giants north they're, they're going to get green back and then north just keep winning and they've got a decent run home so mm-hmm. I, I think Essendon miss for, for me but, but they just don't know but they win this bike they'll win this by a long way Let's keep moving into a much more interesting game. So Giants versus Richmond, 10th versus 1st. All of a sudden, the Giants are at 10th. So Giants have actually won four out of their last five. Same as Richmond. So both teams have won four out of the last five. Obviously, Richmond have been in better form, sitting top of the ladder. Yeah, I was about to say played better teams but the Giants have actually been playing some really good teams they haven't been playing poor teams teams either no they they should have beat well they should have beaten the Eagles just gone they should have yep and they probably should have stretched Hawthorne's margin by a bit more too they probably should have been 20 or 30 points but they didn't and now they're sitting half a game out of the top 8 in 10th spot coming up against a very red hot Richmond team I think Richmond for me so Richmond nearly beat the Giants last year only by a few points I, I think Richmond for me they're in too good a form and Giants coming back from WA with a tough loss unless something really specific happens like well, to- they do get Toby Greenback he is not they've said he's going to play but yeah I, I'm not convinced on that 
even if he does play, that is not enough not enough firepower. He's just against, coming back. It's not enough firepower against the best defense in the comp. Yeah, I'm sorry. And the midfield of Richmond are easily going to match it with GWS. And then they've got a forward line yeah. that will dominate back half of uh, GWS. Well, the, look, the big yeah, there's well, there's two. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, Giants obviously sitting without Patton. You know, no the, Cameron, no still, Cameron, still like in jail, still with, in jail. So with Brian Lake, isn't he? Yeah, with with Lake. So there's there's so many. Uh, uh, you know aspects to their game that is just not going to happen offensively. So no. uh, and Vlosten will come back in as well. So yeah. timing really good. Yeah, the ball will get in there enough, but it'll just rebound out, I think. And that there were other games that the Giants could have gotten wins in. I yeah, don't think this is going to be it. They did a bit like Essen. They left the run way too late. Obviously, not to their uh, by choice. They've had a no, scully horrible the whole year, and yeah. Dids as well sounds like he's a small chance to come back and play his I whole think, team, but I think that's I think he'll be the week. I think he'll be the week after yeah. if he comes back at all. So. I think that's a bit fanciful. I don't see that happening. No, he's old. He's on crutches and stuff. A bit of crutches. So these two guys have had some really good games recently. So this should be a great game. I think this will be one of the games of the round. You'd expect the Giants to push, but I just think late in the game, if Richmond can stay with them all day, it, it probably will be similar to what happened last week. Yeah, and while Richmond are in a position to rest players mm. if they chose to, this is probably not the game that they would do it because Not you yet. don't want to give momentum to a team like GWS knowing that they've got a handful of top-end players due to come back over the next few weeks. Yeah. And as we mentioned in the other episode, these guys coming back, if they make eight, they will push every team because they've got so much quality across the board when they're at full strength. Yeah, I mean, Shy Bolton, it'd be interesting to see whether they bring him in as well. We speak about him all the time coming back from the VFL. Manager as well. So that, look, there's a lot of different aspects to it. Obviously, Richmond have some... The only negative from last week was the outs. So broad, cheekbone, Graham, shoulder. So Graham's going to be out for some time. And then Butler, it sounds like he's going to miss a whole bunch of time as well. So Butler's, that's not ideal. So no. I think I think Bolton's going to come in for sure. And Bashahuli should be close as well. This so he's week, the other one. Yeah. yeah, so he's they're going to train him through the week. And I don't reckon they'll announce that till about as close as they, they can. Just, well, yeah, yeah. So about they might even, the game. about five minutes before the game. So they might even fly him subsequently. But Gareth Waite uh, got injured in the VFL. So poor young guy. But I don't think, um, yeah, look, for me, it's, yeah. Yeah, I'm going Richmond as well, and I think they'll win by about 30 points. I know, like, it does get to this stage where Richmond have obviously won a lot in a row, and at some point they're going to drop. I just was, don't see it yet. It was only a few weeks ago they dropped the game, so... No, yeah, that's it, and I just don't see it yet, and obviously their, their games away haven't been the same as what they've been at the G, but I don't think that's going to make yeah, as that's much Yeah, that's another good point. This is probably the type of game where they'll want to just go, you know what, we can win away from the MCG, and prove a point to the rest of the AFL that still yeah. thinks, oh, they're a bit iffy playing away from uh, their home ground so well you know I saw during the week Bob Murphy made the, the point that that overlap run and that defensive wall that Richmond can play with when they're on and just that insane pressure that can be applied anywhere yeah that's not that's not in any relation to the dimensions of a ground or anything no. like that so now the yeah. R- Richmond for us it, it will be uh, look honestly I hope that Green does play just to add a little bit more spice to it because I think if he doesn't play Richmond win by probably 40 odd yeah. points you but if he see, plays yeah. you can't see that forward line kicking a score to no. even challenge Lob would have to kick it. three or four like there's just too much Yeah, and even though Kelly's been a lot better he's you know obviously Ward's been good Coniglio's been good their engine is great but oh it is it, but it's even Richmond's so that's the big a, thing they've got an engine that can actually go with GWS yeah. and, and probably get on top of them if they need to yeah 
Yeah, and you know there was a lot of um, a lot of people saying that into that final last year that the GWS would beat Richmond. So I think that you know Richmond might be keen to to hold that and sort of keep holding it over the oh, what was meant to be this big yeah. powerhouse. Yep. So absolutely, Boston back is massive as well. It just frees up their defence, oh, makes it even just, easier. So. Yeah, just I, spreads spreads the load so much yeah. more and makes it much more difficult for the opposition to penetrate into their forward half. Yeah, and it makes it just makes overlap so much harder. Yeah, absolutely. So. Let's keep moving. So onto the Sunday another, games now. Another quality game. Massive wow. game, yeah. Second versus third. Can you believe it? So Pies won their last five in a row. They've won a heap in a row now. So Eagles. They've actually only won two out of the last five. Two of the last five, and they're coming to their hoodoo ground. Yeah, gee, that's the thing. I mean, we, we've spoken all year, and it's the obvious conversation around the Eagles that if, if they can't win at the G, then they're not winning the grand yeah. final. It's just that simple. That's where the game is played. So Exactly right. And unless they get all or two out of the three forwards back, that being Darling, Kennedy or Lacroix which is very unlikely I cannot see them winning this game even though it's probably the time of uh, Pies run for them ready to be due for a loss as they say I don't think it's going to happen I think they're going to um, get on top of the Eagles midfield as well Yeah, and obviously they'll, they don't have a forward line that's functioning as well at yeah. the moment the Eagles and so obviously seeing how good defensively the it Pies are It was good are. last week yeah. but yeah Pies are a very good side Yeah so Lacroix, in terms of offensively West Coast, so Lacroix, he sounds like he's eight, it's still a while away. So I think so forget him. Yeah. Sounds like Kennedy and Darling are a small chance, but when I say small, let's emphasise that aspect of the sentence because I, I really don't. No, and they've yeah, been... I still think that's unlikely. And all teams this year have just been quite sheepish about... Cagey, whether, yeah. And cagey about whether they, they'll say, oh, they might be, or reporters might say that they're likely and all this type of innuendo. We won't know until Sunday morning, yeah. let's be honest. And I'd be very surprised if either of the two big players play. Well, the big in... Yeah, probably not. The big in for them is Barass. Barass, yeah. I've been saying for a couple of weeks, so I don't think I've mentioned it too much on the podcast, but you and I have been talking about how young player, but he, he had so much diversity to that side and he frees up McGovern's and a whole... Massively, yeah. Oh, he's he's so integral to that side. When he went down, I thought, wow, that's not good. That's nearly and in the sort of vicinity as bad as some of their... That's the thing, all the talk because of how many players are out in their forward 50. But that's he's, if he comes back, that, that certainly adds some elements to it. Yeah, absolutely. And it goes back to that McGovern not having to probably then be flipped up forward to try and score. They've got their three key, like, ruck forwards in uh, Lysette, uh, Nat Nui, and um, Vardy. Yeah. And I think they'll probably rotate those three between ruck and forward duties. They'll probably keep most of the side together because they had a really good win and I think most of the people that came in contributed enough. Yeah, but if Barras is fit and he's coming, go, he has to come yeah. in. Yeah, absolutely. He's too important to that backline structure, as you just mentioned. He's very quality. Now let's look at Collingwood. So Appleby out with a hamstring. Incredibly, Hoskin Elliott, which looked like he'd had a really poor injury, looks like he came back on. So it looks like he's a fair chance to play and he's been integral all year. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be surprised if they risk his knee again it's, even though it's that they've cleared the ACL so there's no damage to the ACL but obviously structurally there's going to be some damage whether that's just the meniscus or the uh, the PCL or even some bone bruising I don't think it's worth it because he gets another little knock on there that could go make it an ACL injury so I would be very surprised if they risk him this week I think obviously their depth is being tested but they've shown week in week out that they've actually got so much depth that they can uh, handle it and I think they'll be too strong regardless if he plays or not well the other element to it though is they can they'll probably 
probably bring Varco in for Hoskin Elliott, which is a pretty it's pretty good nice in. swap. Yeah, and that's the thing. Collingwood last year and in our season preview, like well, we actually rated Collingwood a bit. We thought they'd be close to the eight, but just out. Mm. A lot of people had them bottom four, which I I'm surprised at. I think they're better than that. There's too many other teams that are yeah. worse than them, so therefore they're going to beat you, some you, of these teams. You but, may know is Jamie Elliott getting close to recall because I know he's been was training really well. Yeah, but I just haven't heard his name for a while. So. Yeah, no, he is. So he's been doing sort of the earlier drills and stuff. Okay. So I just think there's, there's going to be another couple of weeks. Oh, so he's doing like a mini a, preseason just to get conditioning. A hundred percent. Because I think they know. Well, I mean, look at the ladder. They, they, yeah. They're looking like they're going to go deep into the season. Yeah, they can and bring if, him in just well, before they finals. Get, well, especially if they get... Like, let's say they get an injury in the in the first final. He, he'd be the obvious one to bring straight back in. Yeah, absolutely. So, no, look, I think Colling, Collingwood for me, I just think given it's at the G, West Coast have been a very good side all year, but they, their last, you know month and a half has has been a bit shaky the Giants easily could have won that game or they were it was 73 all with eight nine minutes to go so it, yeah. it was pretty close for me I just think Collingwood at home they've got a lot to play for they grinded that win out against Essendon really well they showed some really quality maturity and I just think they're gonna they're gonna do it yeah and Grundy's obviously been the second elite ruckman we've gone all year yeah. and he's obviously gonna go extremely well against Nick Nat even if Nick Nat's fine all over the park he what Grundy does and a lot of people who haven't watched a lot of him is he racks up midfield type possession numbers. He gets 25s, 28s, can go for kick goals. He's unbelievably good around the stoppages. And Ironically, he is what a lot of people have wanted Nat Nui to be. Yeah, funnily enough. Speaking of. so Which is funny. So you would be... I'd be very surprised if we don't see two rucks in the All-Australian this year. Well, given how many good ones there are, yeah, that's, that's a very good point. But... With, with the quality of the ins, it sounds like Darcy Moore's a chance to play as well. So it'll be interesting to see how he is, see how he competes at AFL level and maybe show him off to, to a, a, a suitor. suitor. A suitor, yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, so, it sounds like he's off to Sydney. I think that's pretty much, uh, that's pretty accepted, yeah, but isn't it? Look, but it'd be worth, it'd be worth um, running the gauntlet there, um, stretch, yeah. stretch that defence at West Coast with some height. Obviously, Cox is, does know how to play football yeah. and has a lot of nows around the ground. Who'd, who'd have thought? He had some lovely one-handed, touches over the weekend you go yeah. okay yeah he's probably played some basketball oh my like, basketball that's it so Sam Murray Josh Smith Oxley there's a, a stack they can bring place. in for Appleby so yeah. Collingwood for me and I think by three or four goals and I think the MCG hoodoo continues yeah I think so too next game interesting game as well two contenders North versus Sydney ninth versus fifth so 320 at Etihad Stadium so yeah wow is it massive no, game it, absolutely is it a game in this round that has two teams that just need to win where there's more in the line more on the line than anything so I mean probably not no I mean you can argue because Richmond could afford to lose that game given how many they've won Giants really need it but it's not the two of them the Adelaide I guess you can argue Adelaide Cats but yeah, I mean, I still think I mean, Adelaide are out of it regardless. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so to the loser, if North lose, that's almost finals out of the equation. Swanies Given lose, Hawthorne's yeah. run home, yeah. Swanies lose, yeah. top four starts to become very, very challenging. Yeah. And also the ch- chances of dropping out of the eight as well. That's how tight it is. But side story, the two big guns at either end of the park. Yeah, Ben Brown and Franklin. So it's the could be the match of the Coleman, really, yeah. if one of them gets a massive bag. If Ben Brown gets another big bag, I, I, I said last week, uh, last episode, sorry, in, in the previous review that I think he's got it, Ben Brown, but... 
obviously you never know with Buddy, he could pull a, a massive haul. Yeah, yeah. That, that's interesting actually in terms of, I don't know whether these coaches, well certainly Longmire won't allow it to be a shootout. But oh definitely, you being... <laughs> but you just, you know, Buddy can sometimes just want to make it a shootout and He'll Brown, try. And Brown yeah. will go, well if anything you can do, I can do better type scenario, especially because that defence is going to be really stretched now yeah. with the injuries that Sydney have had. Sam Reed still he got injured again, again as well. So weeks now too. You would say as good as Alia Alia was and as good as Grundy is, uh, I can't see either of them matching Ben Brown on a lead. Yeah, he's too fast and too big, and he, he marks it up. so high. Yeah. That's the thing about him. He's, he he's he reads the ball so well, and he's so well. His height is obscene. Yeah. His arms as well. He's amazing, isn't he? Yeah. Whereas we know Thompson and or Tarrant have played on Buddy and kept Buddy pretty quiet. So yeah. I'm actually gonna go with North in this one. Just so North, let's let's talk about that. So North beat Sydney at the SCG not that long ago. Yep. So that happened this year. The Swans were in decent form then. Sydney won three in recent history, so they've won three in a row. Lost their last two. North have literally gone win, loss, win, loss, win. So they've been pretty up and down as well, yeah. to say the least. It's Gee, this is a fascinating game. I'm going to go with Sydney. I just think they're going to pull an upset, and I think it's going to be very, very close. I reckon down to under a goal. I hope Sydney win, being a Hawthorne supporter. <laughs> but, I, yeah, it's look, it's going to be an enthralling match either way, and I think we're going to see some really finals-like footy between the two. They've both got, as, as we just said, they're going to be both desperate to get the win, to stay within reach of either the eight or the four, and it's going to bring the best out in both clubs is going to bring out the best in both of the coaches too tactically I reckon mm. will will there ta- will there be some tagging there will they uh, do lockdown obviously Longmire likes a lockdown scenario but without McVeigh and Jack and Hanabry not being there either do they even have the capability or with the guys that they bring in, are they more open flow running styles? Yeah, I'll be interested to watch. I'm looking forward to this game a lot. It's the hardest, I think, probably the hardest match of the round to tip because it is really hard to know. Jared Waite sounds like he's no chance. And I so forget about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't risk him for this game either. No. I, look, I'm going to go with Sydney just. I just, just think they're yeah. going to bounce back after last week. I, obviously, I know they're, they're missing McVeigh, which doesn't help. They're missing a lot of key people now, Kieran Jack. So it's, it's not ideal. Heaney, you'd imagine, would come back from concussion, so that's great. Papley, it sounds like he's going to make a return. Uh, they might play Gary Rowan as well. There's such a fast side north, though, so if he can use his pace, the problem is that his skills have been up and down. So it's yeah, it's, in very, it's a fascinating game. This, this is a real roll of the dice, and this is a game that I'm really going to ride the ins and outs on before locking anything specific in. But I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. say Sydney now. Sydney now, yeah. I reckon... It'll very much come down to what the final teams are. Yeah. Um, and then who's who just wants that the ball? Uh, who, whoever's the hungriest will win this game in my eyes. And I, I'm not picking North Melbourne by he. I'm thinking it's going to be less than 10 points. They both have so much on, on the line, obviously. North, you know, sitting just outside the eight. They have to keep in touch. But Sydney, I mean, they, they want to keep in touch with the top four. So basically one team is playing again to the eight. One's playing again to the four. That's basically what this match is. And yeah. that's, that's huge. And, we've, and if our tips are right, Sydney could drop out of the eight yeah. if they lose because technically Melbourne will go to 40 points Geelong will go to 40 points Hawthorne will join them on 40 points and North will join them on 40 points
points. Mm. It'll only be and Sydney's percentage is only 118, so at least two of those teams will uh, leapfrog him, leapfrog them, and that becomes very very hard for Sydney because yeah. they have got some tough games for the run home. So I yeah. just think there's going. I've been really impressed with a, a lot of the polish of Sydney that you know through the year that's still going to be there. So Lloyd and I, I really like a lot of their kids as well. So yeah. I, I don't know. I just, it's such a hard tip. Oh, I don't disagree. Yeah, it was hard. We for could me keep too. going, but we're just going to keep speculating on it. But I, I, yeah. I, I reckon, I reckon Sydney does. But yeah, it's a, North's a completely fair enough tip. Yeah. So that's so the only one. Of the coin. That's the only one we've gone all the way on. Next one. So final game of the round: Dockers versus. Probably enough. Power. Another another Sunday evening game in WA. Yeah. Well, that, they they do that because it works, works. over there crowd wise, but it also works for ratings on the East Coast. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also if people have never been to WA, um, Sunday is quite a time, and it has been for a long time to mm. get out and about. So it's a it's a really good by the AFL to finally wake up to that and yeah. play these twilight games in Perth. So 13th versus 4th, Port have been in amazing form. They've won a stack in a row now. Dockers lost a couple in a row. So no Fife, no Sandalance. Yeah, no I, win. I, no win, yeah. I think, I think yeah, de- definitely Port for me. Yeah. Again, I, they've got yeah. top four on the line, top two potentially. So We're at that point where there's just too much on the line. We spoke about it a few weeks ago. When you do get into that round, sort of 13, 14, to round 18, 19, especially that batch, there is, you know, that that's when the, the players come out to play. And I think that's when teams then, we, we, we've got to get to that magic number of 13, but then also get, you know, a few on top of that to get in a quality position. And it's, yeah, there's too, too much for Port, yeah. I think. And while Port have generally been uh, winning ugly, what we saw on the weekend was they won without big contributions from uh, Robbie Gray and Ollie Wines, which most of their wins and no have come Gray on, as well. Yeah, and most of their wins have come on the back of at least one, if not uh, all three of them, playing extremely well. But we saw uh, Charlie Dixon have his best game. Uh, Motlop probably have his best game. Rockcliffe having his best game for the club. Um, Watts had a very uh, influential game. The biggest problem now for Port, as we mentioned in the review. You, oh, no, you wouldn't have heard it because not yet, not yet. <laughs> we didn't record it. We talked the, about yeah, it, it was to lo- ourselves. It was, uh, the loss of Tom Jonas, and he's going to be a big out. So yeah. it's how they structure up their defensive lines. Yeah, uh, moving forward until he's ready to come back. Luckily, it's only about four or five weeks. But uh, Jared Pollock's being clutch and, and and really good spread with his pace on the outside. I think that continues on the open spaces of Optus Oval, mm. and I think it's going to be a four or five goal win to Port Adelaide. They don't have to travel as far as the East Coast size so Adelaide to Perth is not going to affect them as much and I think they've just got too much on the line too much class as well and on top of it the other side is Fremantle were terrible last week they were flat out awful so I, I think they'll be better and at home they'll be better but without such quality I just don't see it yeah happening. and that's it Sandlands and Fife are just massive massive outs it's pretty much the two most major outs you can pull out of nearly any team like if you think about every team in the league yeah. where they're and factor in where they're at can you think of two pieces that would be worse probably not I don't think I can think of another combination that well I guess Carlton pull out Kate Simpson and Mark Murphy that that didn't work out oh yeah so if, well, if you got but... Ed, if you took out Cripps uh, and Kernow yeah well well they probably wouldn't score but if you took like as an example you took Cochin and Rance out that yeah, I think they could still, still they could still probably beat, beat 10 to 12 teams yeah, yeah so absolutely no, it's but a, that, it's that means they'll lose out. to almost everybody where, given where they're at that's unfortunately that's that's just the reality reality so. yeah no, so unfortunately it's not going to be the, the best game to finish the 
this round off round with. None. Yeah, but look, it is what it is. Uh, I think at the start when they did the draw, this probably would have been quite a good game. And it probably it still has the potential to, I just think. Port Adelaide just need to have one really dominating quarter to, to get the job done. Yeah, that's it. And I mean, right now they're sitting at 117% port, so they'd love to get a 125s. Yeah, they, they, can, they can really belt them. If they can do this by 50 points, they'll be very, very happy. Yeah. So that's it, guys. That's the round. Thanks so much for listening. So let's do a bit of a recap of the games. So we've both tipped the Cats over the Crows. Yeah, in a pretty close close game. game. Yeah, And that's Thursday night? On Thursday night, yes. Yeah, so on Friday night, we've both tipped the Saints over the Blues. Yep. Yep. <laughs> the next game on the Saturday, Hawks over the Lions down in Tassie. Tassie both Hawks. Yep. Uh, D's over the Doggies. In the afternoon game at the G. Essendon over the Suns at Metricon. And then they'll go for a 10. Yeah. And then Richmond over GWS. That'll be a very good game. To good. Watch. That's probably the game, almost the game of the round. And then Pies just over the Eagles on the Sunday. Yeah, the both going for that. Yeah, and then, and then we've split. Eddie had split, so you're going with the Swannies just, and I'm going with North. Over just. North, yep. yeah. Look, North Swans is a great game, and everybody should watch this. It'll be on free to air. But I, look, I'd and definitely get to the game too, especially after that North showing last week. But no, yeah. I I do think that um, the Swans might just sneak it, but who knows? It's, who it's, knows? Yeah. With the outs, it's the coin, very yeah. hard to know. And then the last game, Dockers power, yeah, power for me. They're too too good a form, and they're such a, a quality side. So yeah, they'll just yeah. continue to push top two after that week. Easy, cool. So thanks so much for listening guys really appreciate it that's uh that's the round week and enjoy the footy over the weekend and we'll see you next week we will see you later Cheers. Cheers.